The New Orleans Saints are making some positive changes in their offensive coaching staff, but if it all doesn't work out, maybe it'll be time to start anew. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? I'm your host, Ross Jackson, New Orleans native, your New Orleans Saints expert and credential member of the media covering those New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at how the Saints look to be headed out west for training camp. We'll discuss why, what it means, and whether or not we'll be there. We're also going to be taking a look at what to expect to be most improved based upon what we're seeing so far with the Saints solidified and potential coaching staff changes. And speaking of those coaching changes, we're going to start today's episode off. Take a look at what happens if the New Orleans Saints take all these big swings and it doesn't work out. Not to put the negativity out there, but again, we should look at both sides of the coin here. We appreciate you very much for being an everydayer and making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Look, the New Orleans Saints, I commend them. I commend them, I do, for revamping their offensive staff for taking some big swings here, but it doesn't guarantee that everything's going to be perfect in 2024 over on the offensive side. Now, it's hard not to be better than what they've looked like on the offensive side for the past couple of seasons, with some exceptions. Obviously, the last six or seven games of the year last year looked actually pretty good. Over not, but It looked better, right? There was improvement there over the, over the course of the, the offense, but getting into 2024, there's big-time expectations that this team with making all these changes, taking all these swings will be better. But what if they're not? What's the reason? What's the excuse? What's the, well, I I guess the next part of it would be what's the consequence, right? And I think that's the biggest piece for me is the consequence. Because I don't think, and somebody asked me this question earlier today, asked me the question, if the New Orleans Saints go out there and you know, 2024, the offense is flat, it doesn't work, play calling is not any better, they can't execute, all these other things. What's going to be, this is the, the phrasing that was used when they asked me the question, what's going to be the excuse for Derek Carr going into 2025? I, I don't think Derek Carr makes it to 2025, if that's the case. I don't think a lot of people make it to 2025, if that's the case, right? Like this really feels like this is the last iteration of this era's opportunity to turn the corner. Doesn't that feel fair to say? 2022, things didn't work out going into 2023. They revamped the defensive staff, but they didn't really make many changes over the offensive staff. A couple of things here and there, Clancy Barone, uh, Bob Bicknell gets brought in, all those pieces. Um, now going into 2024, after not seeing much offensive improvement in 2023, they make all of the big offensive changes, right? New offensive coordinator, new position coaches everywhere, but tight end Clancy Barone sticking around. You know, offensive assistance out, new offensive assistance to be added, run game coordinator added, brought back all these other pieces. You got some improvement on the defensive side last year. You got 11 more interceptions last year. You got something like, what was it? Eight more takeaways in total. Um, You allowed 200 fewer rushing yards. You allowed four fewer rushing touchdowns. Um, you, You allowed just under 500 more passing yards and you allowed you know, a handful more touchdowns, but eh, passing touchdowns, but eh, 
I mean, as a scoring defense, it was still very good. As a passing defense, it was still very good. As a team that forced takeaways, still very good. So on the defensive side, you made those changes and then you saw the benefit of that. Even if the yardage totals you know, fluctuated you know, up and down and things like that, the takeaway totals, the scoring totals, things like that were still very respectable. So now what you're looking at going into 2024 is those things to happen over on the offensive side, the offensive version of them, that they pass for more yards, that they throw fewer interceptions, that they throw more touchdowns, that they run for more touchdowns, that they run for more yardage, all of these other things. So that's what you're hoping to see. But if that doesn't happen, I think it's a bit of a long shot to say that, that the organization would just simply sit back and go, well, it was the first year with a new system, so we'll just run it back for 2025. It doesn't seem logical. It doesn't seem viable. Um, it feels like this is kind of it. Like This is the last chance for this regime, although it is a new regime, it's the last chance for this iteration of this era to get it right, to be the team that everybody expected them to be, to be the team that they themselves expect them to be and tell everyone that they want to be. So I think that like, what's the excuse? What's the reason? That's ah, kind of irrelevant because the consequence then becomes much larger than the consequence, or excuse me, the consequence becomes much larger than the excuse, becomes much larger than the reason because the excuse would mean giving a reason to try again. And it doesn't feel like the try again part would be in the crystal ball, in the cards, if you will. It just feels like it would be a situation where it's like, okay, it didn't work. Take the salary cap hit, get rid of the dead money, bring in you know some other players so that you can kind of make it through 2025 and then get ready for 2026. And maybe you luck into a year like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had in 2023 to where that's effectively what they did, right? They they took all the Tom Brady cap hits and they took all the they 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 swallowed their pill, right? And all those other things. That's what everybody always says about the Saints and their salary cap management. It's like, well, at some point they're gonna have to take their medicine. Yeah, you take you, you spend 14 years kicking the can down the road, you take your medicine for a year, and then okay, so <laughs> and so like it, I could see the Saints doing something like that, like going into 2025 and going, you know what, it didn't work. Let's bite the bullet here, take the hits. Try to build as competitive a roster as possible with what's available. Go and get, you know, probably looking for another quarterback at that point. If, if the offense doesn't work out, like I'm talking about if the offense is flat, 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 right? If like nothing improves. And in fact, if the offense even takes a step back or something like that, like I, I'm not trying to be overly, you know, um, uh, critical or anything like that. It's just if things don't work, then maybe like the option at that point isn't going to be, well, let's just try again, you know? And so... Yeah, I, I think you can have yourself a little Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2023 and take the hit, swallow the pill, take the medicine, whatever, Get let the salary cap catch up on you, alleviate all that over the course of a year, basically, right? You're not going to alleviate 100% of it, but you're going to be able to get out from under a bunch of it by just basically saying, all right, well, just got to deal with it in 2025. Build the most competitive roster that you can. Maybe you surprise people and you go on a run like Tampa did in 2023, make the playoffs, who knows? You never know. And in 2026, you're back at it with a ton of money to spend, and you're out here looking like the Chicago Bears and the, the Washington Commanders, ready to just dole out the cash, right? So, like, there's a can't wait to see if anybody's going to clip the video of me doing that now. But, like, I think that, like, that's, that's okay. Like, if, like, if that happens, then gosh, at least you swung, right? Like, at least you made the opportunity to, or you took the opportunity to make the changes on the offensive side. And see if it brought if it brings upon the sort of revamp, the revitalization of offense in New Orleans 
the way that it can. Like you can't expect, like I've seen some people say, well, it's not going to work. So why do it? Well, what, what else? Well, you know what else isn't going to work? Doing nothing, right? Like if you want improvement, you got to make changes. And the Saints made changes on the offensive side of the coaching staff. Now they got to be able to execute on the field. They got to be able to do all that stuff. But man, they have brought in people that, and if you listen to yesterday's episode, I kind of broke it down. They brought in people that are going to have an impact. So at least, or that should have an impact. So at least you went out and got the guys that can get it done. Now, can they get it done? And if not, get ready, because 2025 is going to be a lot of big changes, or at least it should be in that case. Speaking of the impact of those new coaches, what are the three things that we think will improve the most in 2024 with the new offensive regime? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. The big game just last weekend. Everybody talks about the game. Everybody talks about the halftime show, all that. But for me, it was that DoorDash commercial that stood out. Did you see that? They went out there and DoorDashed a bunch of stuff from all the different ads to one lucky winner that included cars, stacks, even tax software. And somehow they managed to pull it all off. Now, even though I'm a little bit salty that like I didn't win, you know what I'm saying? I got to hand it to them. It was one heck of a delivery. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs, whether it's something from restaurants, from grocery stores, to flowers and gifts as well. Next time that you're running low on dinner ingredients, pet supplies, or just time, like we all are sometimes, you can get so much more than you realize delivered through DoorDash. Whatever watch party, whatever uh, anything party, really, that you've got coming up, Make sure to get it delivered through DoorDash. Football season may be over, but we're right in the thick of the basketball season, the school year, and let's face it, winter. So you want to make sure that all of those are reasons for you to be able to check out your daily orders over at DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head over to the DoorDash app today. Get everything that you need delivered. All right, family, the New Orleans Saints have made some big time changes over on their offensive coaching staff, but what specifically are we expecting to get better? I got three things for you as we continue on with today's episode. Appreciate you very much as always making us your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked On Saints podcast. Don't forget, you go check out that Locked On Sports Today 24-7 national sports stream over on YouTube, the Locked On Sports Today YouTube channel, the first ever 24-7 national sports YouTube stream. Go and check it out today at Locked on Sports today. All right, so New Orleans Saints obviously needed to make a bunch of changes over on offense. We discussed just a moment ago the things that like what happens if it doesn't work, right? Like kind of that quote unquote worst case scenario, if you will. But what are the things that you should be expecting to see get better? in 2024 because there's a lot of stuff that we throw around like oh it's the, the wide zone offense the shanahan scheme the shanahan system the kubiak system all these other things so what does all of that actually mean we tried to define it a little bit here on the show as we kind of go through but let's just discuss it for a second three things that you should expect to see get better when it comes to the new Orleans saints the first thing is that you should expect to see the offense simplify for Derek carr i'll explain what that means here in just a moment the second thing you should expect to see get better is the run game. Now, obviously, when we talk about the run game, especially coming off of last season in 2023, you're like, well, Ross, it can't not get better. And that's fair. That's fair. But more dynamic, more breakaway plays, things like that. It's had like, what, two rushes for over 15 yards last year or, or only had one game in which they ran for over 15 yards on two different plays last year. Like, 
it, it wasn't a very explosive run game, right? That's fair to say. And then number three, offensive line play. And again, you're probably going, well, Ross, yeah, yeah, dude, like it can't be worse than it was. And trust me, it can. Hello, New York, Giants, Jets, whichever one of you, New Jersey, Giants, Jets, like it can, it can be much worse. It could have been much worse. So you're expecting to see a boost to all three of those things. Let's start off with the Derek Carr of it all, because obviously like this is, this is the big thing, right? Like I know a lot of people are down on Derek Carr. They don't care to see him improve. They don't care to acknowledge that he could improve. And some people don't care to acknowledge that he could get worse. You know what I mean? It can go either way. But let's just for a moment, remove that part of it and just talk about the quarterback and what these systems do for quarterbacks. So we've seen these types of systems work for the Jared Goffs of the world, of course, had a big time impact on Matthew Stafford when he went from Detroit to Los Angeles. We've seen it work for Jimmy Garoppolo, for Brock Purdy, for Sam Darnold even looked actually pretty okay in the San Francisco 49ers version of this. We watched it turn to a tongue of Iowa around. We've seen sort of implementations of this have positive impacts in some places for other quarterbacks across the league as well. Why is that? Well, one of the things to keep in mind, we've, we've kind of discussed this here on the show before, but let's like really lay it out there, is that when you get sort of this blend of the Gary Kubiak offense and the Kyle Shanahan offense, what that means is that you're going to get a couple of different um, adjustments, right? So a couple of different principles, tenets, if you will. The Gary Kubiak offense was the one that we've talked about before where you got to have like you kind of have like uh, half a dozen to a dozen plays that are your identity. They are your DNA. You get really, really good at those plays. And sometimes you might branch off and do some tendency busters that are built around those plays and things like that. But a lot of times you just, you, you lean in and you play the songs that you know, right? You think about any good concert anywhere, the band goes up on the stage. They don't go up there and play songs that they don't know, right? Like let's let's put it this way. Let's expand the metaphor. If you were to show up to a concert Who's who's headlining over at uh, okay Foo Fighters right with Jazz Fest? If you walk in there and then Foo Fighters says here's 100 songs and none of them are ours, you're probably gonna be a little upset about that. But then if they say hey here's 12 songs and they're all our hits, you're probably gonna be a little bit more excited about that. Now replace Foo Fighters with who else is headlining? They'll have Juvie, they'll have you know, Trombone Shorty and all them. Like if they show up and they're like all right, we're gonna play you a bunch of you know, we're just going to play the Rocky and Bullwinkle song a hundred times. Enjoy. Not great, right? Not great. But if they're like, all right, we're going to play Hurricane Season and, you know, six other songs that everybody knows and loves, then you're like, fantastic. We're in. We're bought in, right? So play the songs that you know. That's the Gary Kubiak way. And then there's other pieces to that too, the run game, establishing the run game, um, using the short passing game as an extension of the run game, things that are familiar to what you already know about offenses um, here in New Orleans. So now you blend that in with the Kyle Shanahan of it all, and then you get really, really good at half a dozen to a dozen very creative, very innovative plays that you can run out of six or seven different personnel groups. Well, not personnel. Yeah, you can run it out of different personnel groupings, but you can run it out of six or seven different formations slash personnel groupings and things like that, right? So it just diversifies the songs that you know well. So I'm going to play you the five songs that I know really well, but I'm going to play you three versions of each of those songs, an acoustic version, the version that you already know, and then chopped and screwed. Let's have a great time. You know, stuff like that. So like, that's kind of what you're going to see in terms of the blend of all of these, of, of both of these schemes. And so what that means is that things get really, really, really solidified for the quarterback. 
this play is being called on this play. I look here, I look there, I look there. It's not there, I throw it away or I scramble or you know, I got to dump off over here or whatever. If the safety does this and then the linebacker does this, then I do this. If the safety does this and then the linebacker does this, then I do this. You know what I mean? And it's like, I got three spots. Boom, boom, boom. If they ain't there, then I'm, I'm out. I'm outie. 5,000. Bye. You know what I mean? So like, that's kind of the thing. I can't believe I missed the opportunity. I could have said it. You show up, you show up at an Andre 3000 solo concert. And instead of him doing any hip hop, he plays the flute. That would have been so good. Oh, well, I missed the opportunity. I still got it out there, but I missed the opportunity when it really, really would have been funny. So that simplifies the game a little bit for Derek Carr. Not sim, not like that it's simplistic, but just that like everything gets routined in a way that becomes operatively more efficient. The other piece is the run game. And, and I'll kind of lump in the offensive line improvement here, but I'm going to be more specific about that here in just a second. Uh, I made up so many metaphors though that I got to, I got to, I got to speed up. So when it comes to the run game, I think the thing that you're looking at is just a more dynamic run game. The the zone run game and stuff like that, like you're going to hear a lot of us talk about that. You've heard me talk about it a bunch. Oh, more zone run, more zone run, more zone run. Doesn't mean you're going to run 70, 80% of your offense out of zone rushing, right? But it does mean that 52, 55, 57, um, you know, percent might be zone run. And that's still more than what you've seen the New Orleans Saints do on average, on a game-to-game average over the course of the past couple of years. So just more dynamic, dynamic way of the run game. Um, I've, I've described this before, but you have your bend, your bang, your bounce if you're a running back. So you effectively have three lanes that you could choose from when you're running an outside zone, for instance. You can bend back, you can bounce outside, or you can bang up the middle. And so you have these different ways to kind of read the field and then be able to make those decisions. When you have a high-level processor like an Alvin Kamara, or like a kid, Dre Miller has proven to be. I mean, I think you look at that game at the end of the season and you felt the explosiveness that was there, but even above that, you really felt sort of his vision, his patience, things like that, all those things kind of lean into that. So I think that the dynamic of the run game will become something that you can look at and identify immediately and go, aha, that improved after 20 or in 2024. And then as a part of that is the offensive line. And really like the offensive line improvement for me comes from a couple different places. The fact that it's that it's Kubiak is one thing. You're getting the ball out quicker in those, you know, Kubiak and Shanahan schemes. You're simplifying the game so you can make the right reads and all this other stuff. You're you're speeding up the process, uh, all those things. All that stuff ends up benefiting the offensive line because they ain't got to block as long, right? And then the zone blocking scheme helps you be able to get guys to the second level, get to smaller bodies, things like that. So then the run game starts to get going and then your guys get more confident. Then you start switching into man bully blocking and then boom, they're winning more of those matchups, but also just the development that we've seen from John Benton. I've said this a few times, but you you look at it over and over again. Every time that he shows up somewhere, it gets better. The, the run game gets better. Pass protection gets better. All that. It has been a consistent trend throughout his career. It's one of the reasons why New Orleans wanted him and why he could outlast even things falling apart in 2024. As long as the offensive line doesn't fall apart, he could be one of the guys that actually potentially even outlasts some of the other folks, if things don't go the way that they were supposed to go going into 2024, but the offensive line looks improved. So those are the three things, quarterback, run game, offensive line, look for those things to show improvement. If they don't, it's not working, right? If those things don't improve, it ain't working. And that will be a part of that larger conversation that I referenced in the first segment. Next up, as we wrap up, we're going to be taking a look at the Saints heading out west, why this is a great thing for the New Orleans Saints, why it's happening and will we be there? We're going to break all that down for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our great friends over at Nissan. Are you somebody that loves to just kind of dive in and type of driver that really likes to push things a little bit further, try to take your adventures to the next level? Our friends over at Nissan have a great lineup of SUVs that have the capabilities to help you take your adventure to that next level. Start off with the 2024 Nissan Rogue, perfect, versatile car. It's a crossover midsize for your next adventure. It's great for city drives. It's great for your great escapes as well. It comes with a 12.3 inch HD touchdown infotainment system. Doesn't get any better than that. You also got the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It's got room for eight expansive cargo capacity and advanced towing capabilities and four by four capabilities as well. 284 horsepower, 6,000 pounds in towing when adventure calls the Pathfinder is there to answer. So take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada on your next big adventure. You can shop today at NissanUSA.com. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. The New Orleans Saints look like they're ready to skip town come uh, training camp of 2024. Why this is a great move and a good idea for the New Orleans Saints, especially with a new offensive system on the way. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget we are your team every day. So we'll be back with a fresh mock draft Monday on Monday, as well as catching you up with any big news over the weekend as it drops, if it's big enough. Otherwise, of course, we'll see you on Monday. Uh, so as we look at this weird, not weird situation, but like it's an unprecedented situation, right? The New Orleans Saints are looking at moving their training camp for 2024 from New Orleans or from Metairie, rather, from their facility in Metairie to the West Coast. Seems that it's my alma mater, actually, where I did my master's degree, where I did my studies in grad school at UC Irvine on that very campus uh, is where they are looking to do training camp, or at least that's to become the top sort of destination for training camp for 2024. For. So why is this happening is why it's unique. The Saints are revamping and remodeling and construction and all this other stuff, particularly when it comes to their cafeteria, as well as other amenities at the facility. So that's going to mess up a lot. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but there is the cafeteria. And then it literally the cafeteria is built on the back wall of the practice facility. So entrance, access, things like that to the track, to the practice facility are going to be, you know, hazard zones and things like that very likely during all this. Plus, Food, right? Got to be able to eat. Got to be able to feed everybody. All that kind of stuff. Could they just go to a restaurant? Sure, but that's not really the way that this works, right? Like you've got more than just fifty-three players to feed. You've got everybody that works there eats at the cafeteria, right? Like they feed pretty much everybody. So you got to make sure that you've got the amenities that you promise. And there are certain things that are in union rules and things like that from the NFLPA that pertain to all of that as well. I'm sure. So that those things help to kind of say, okay, ah, got to get this done which means got to go away for a little while. So with that being the case, this is actually a really good thing for the New Orleans Saints. And, and let, I'll explain why. The first of which all goes down to what has been the biggest news in New Orleans here over the course of the past few weeks is the new offensive system, new offensive coordinator. So why does going out of town help with that? Well, when you're out of town, and, and, and I'll will, I will take this back to like us traveling with the team or traveling because the team traveled to Los Angeles last year when they were doing when they were in Costa Mesa doing the joint practices with the Los Angeles Chargers, um, one of the things that every player talked about, and Cam Jordan especially, but every player talked about was how being on the road like that brings everybody together. You eat with one another, you're you know, waking up and going to the gym with one another, you're going to practices with one another, you're watching film with one another, you're doing all these other things. 
you're always around one another. You go to the beach, going with your buddies who are on the roster. You're going out for dinner, you're going with your buddies who are on the roster. You're going to, you know, uh, uh, some type of, you know, event, or you're going to some type of, you know, hangout or whatever. You're going with your buddies that are on the team. So you're always around one another. And I'll point back to Cam Jordan's last press conference of the 2024 year. So after the the, the Falcons game, after the season was over, um, one of the things that he talked about was how like technology in the NFL has grown so much that some things just aren't done anymore when it comes to film study. He was saying that used to be, B in the D, that you would have like the veteran guys would lead sort of these film sessions and teach the younger guys how to watch tape, all this other stuff at the NFL level, right? And how you know things work with the team and everything. And you would just kind of do this at the facility outside of your usual time doing film work with the coaches and, and practice and all that other stuff. So the extra work that you did was with one another. Now, because everything's on these like Microsoft uh, Surface tablets, and there were a bunch of reports about people who players that hadn't even logged into their tablets and watched film and stuff like that. You kind of do all that extra work away from the facility. Now you do it in the comfort of your own home, which has its advantages, but has its disadvantages too, because you're not working with other people. You're siloed and you gather your expectation. This person gathers their expectation. This person gathers their expectation. Then you come back and then find out, oh no, we all gathered different things. So what's the right thing, right? As opposed to being able to work it out in, in, in the same space. This type of a trip that could be 20, 25, 30 days together in another state, another city, provides you every opportunity to work, practice, watch film, spend time, develop, grow together. And with a new offensive system coming in, that's not a bad situation to be in, right? This is the big hurdle that everybody keeps talking about, including myself, right? That we've all talked about, we've talked about before, is that it's great that the things went out and made these changes, swung and you know tried to get this new offensive system in and made the changes at the coaching staff and all these other things, but it is a new system. And so what's the growth period going to be? What are the growing pains going to look like? Well, this kind of helps the, I'm not going to say counteract the growing pains, but it might, it might subside them a little bit. It might circumvent them a tiny bit, right? Counteract just a little bit because everybody will be together. Everybody will be working together, all those other things. Um, that's a really important thing. And I will say that like going back to California was something that we knew was a possibility starting when we were in California last year, like the Jack Hammett uh, sports complex or whatever in Costa Mesa, it always felt like that was a potential opportunity for the saints and Chargers to be able to share a practice facility. Um, you know, the Greenbrier was a part of the consideration. I heard even spaces in North Carolina were being considered and stuff like that too. So like the Saints have been talking about this and have been thinking about this for a long time. And California, Orange County in particular, was always sort of one of the possible landing spots for training camp come 2024. Not UC Irvine, my 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 school uh, initially, but pretty cool, selfishly. I think that's pretty dope. Um, and so it'll be nice to like go back to my grad school and not take classes, which is what I wish I was doing when I was at grad school, which was anything but taking classes. I was a bad student. Um, and so I've always been a bad student. Uh, I talk too much, talk too dang much. Um, so I, I think it's a good thing for New Orleans because it, it's necessary a little bit with the new offensive system. It's good to kind of develop those relationships, develop those bonds, develop the quote unquote brotherhood, if you will, the fraternity, if you would. Um, and all that is popular language for it. 
uh, and everything before the season starts, all that. So it develops those connections, it deepens those connections, and maybe allows you to be a little bit more, you know, brushed up on your new offensive system before you have to go out there and ex and 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 um, uh, execute your offensive system. Now, what's going to be interesting is the Saints have to play two away games during the preseason this year, and then have a home game. So uh, ideally, what the Saints will probably do is submit a request to the NFL that they do their two away games on the West Coast. So like the Chargers, the Rams, the Raiders, that would be funny, uh, the Seahawks, uh, the Cardinals, something like that, the, the, the 49ers, whatever. And then maybe do their last preseason game back here at home after they come back. I imagine they'll spend most of the training camp weeks out there and then come back for the last week or so. That would be my guess or two weeks or whatever, depending upon hurricane season and stuff like that. Which there you go. There's another bonus, right? Even though last year, last year California got a hurricane and we didn't. So who knows? I just I left California, came back here to New Orleans, and then they got hurricanes. We didn't. So I'll I'll take that. Uh, so that's another thing that's probably pretty good too is that you don't have to worry about being uprooted without a plan or not without a plan, but last second, right? Um, as opposed to this where it's like okay, we know this is potentially happening. So we'll see how it all goes. Uh, will we be there? Yes, one hundred percent. Locked on Saints, Ross Jackson, we are going to California. We will be there in Orange County, day one to day 20, whatever, that they're there with a report every day, at practice, all that good stuff. So uh, make sure that you are sticking around for all of that. But we got a lot to get to before we're in training camp. Got the combine, got free agency, got the draft, all that right here. Locked on Saints, we got you covered. All right, y'all. I appreciate you very much. As always, make it Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen, Locked on LSU and Caroline Fenton. Locked on Pelicans and Jake Madison. They're doing it better than anybody else can. So go and check them out today for your second listen. I appreciate you very, very much. Make it Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust me, that nation, I'll holla at you.